Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Real Shit Baseball Podcast. We're glad to be back, even though it's, uh, so we're a little bit off schedule, but, you know, no big deal. We're, we're happy to be with you. Uh, I am your, well, one half of your host, Drew Wheeler, co-commissioner of the Real Shit League, manager of the Real Shit Phillies. You can catch me on the Twitter at Drew is okay, and I'm joined by my co-host, comrade, colleague, co-manager. Introduce yourself, Kimasabi. What up? It's Tyler Jackson, and I manage the Rays in real shit. And uh, me and Drew are here to talk some baseball. Hell yeah, hell yeah! And I'm excited, man. We have a uh, we have a late, albeit uh, well, I guess I should say a great, albeit late format to the show that came out today. But man, we've got some interesting stuff on the mix. We've got a. Uh, We've got some pickup recaps. We've got uh, matchup breakdowns. We've got some uh, start, sit, and cut later on in the show. Ooh. It's it's an action packed show, and we're going to uh, we're going to get right to it, man. Uh, before we do, have you had a good week? I know you your work schedule has been a little off, but most importantly, I hear you've been a little bit of a road warrior. Yes, you could say that. Um... Yeah, last weekend, um, me and my wife drove to Athens, Georgia for a wedding, and then I got to work all week, and then last weekend, this last weekend, we got to go to Bush Stadium, got to go to some baseball games, see it live. The Cardinals sucked, but hey, I'm not complaining. Got to be there. It was it was pretty awesome. I almost cried when I walked into the park. Can't can't beat it. I'm, I'm so glad you got to go and that you were back in Bush. Uh, that's that's really wonderful. So, of the game, you saw how many games? Two, at least two. We, yeah, we were there Saturday and Sunday for the Brewers, and then last night for the Nationals. So, okay. Of all the games you watched, who had the most uh, impactful performance that you got to physically witness? Um, good. Can I, can I have a good or a bad that's, impact performance? Either one is fine. You can have a good one. <laughs> because... Uh, on Sunday, Daniel Ponce de Leon was pretty terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I told Rebecca right before we went in, I was like, you know what, we're here at the game, so I have Ponce de Leon on my team, so I'm just going to start him because I wasn't going to start him. Right. And I was like, I'm going to start him because we're here, we get to watch him live, so let's just do it. And that was a mistake. So I'm never doing that again. Well, I hate to hear it. Uh, did Rebecca have a good time at the games? Yeah, she did. She, you know, she got to eat all the hot dogs she wanted and uh, got to spend some money. So, yeah, it was good. Did she buy a jersey or a jersey tee of any kind? Yes, she got a Goldsmith jersey this time. That's amazing. I yeah. love the jerseys, as you know. We've had that discussion. Uh, uh, the last Real Shit Retreat, which would have been 2019, I suppose. God, it feels forever ago. Mm. Um we, you and I discussed jerseys and how much we love them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have too many. Uh, well, I, I wish I could say the same. I, um, 
I have just too many shirts. But you know what? We're talking a lot about stuff that isn't real shit, and we've got plenty of real shit to cover. So, Tyler, let's kick it to uh, a fan favorite part of the show. And you know what always happens within the first five minutes of the episode. Uh, you talking about top first? You know I'm talking about top first, Kimasabi. You know <laughs> it. And uh, let's let's hit some pickup recaps. So, as you will recall, eagle-eared listeners will remember that we were discussing on the first episode of the season, Waiver Mania, Draft 2.0, the, the mad dash to players left after the draft. Who will get these guys? Who will fill out their rosters? Who's going to get which prospects that are in the system? What NA guys? What injured guys? Who's going to uh, who's going to fill in the gaps? You know, after the after the, the draft is over, who's going to do what? Sixteen teams. We had uh, a lot. I mean, I did not even bother counting. And I told Tyler, you know, earlier when we were discussing the format, we literally would be recording a three or four hour podcast if we were to discuss every single prospect. And being that it's eleven thirty p.m. right now, I said to hell with that dog. We're going to do one per team. We've split them up. We've got our guys. So we're going to go alphabetically, as is my custom when I make these formats. <laughs> so, Tyler, you have drawn Sean Lewis's Astros. Let's <clears throat> break down some waiver mania. Tell me who you like that Big Lou picked up for the Big Hue. Well, um, looking at it, it looks to me like he's maybe only picked up three players so far. Um, but out of those, all three of those are actually NA guys. Okay. But one of them that I do not think he probably planned on being NA was JB Bukoskis. Interesting. For the Diamondbacks, yeah. Um, I did read at the beginning, like before the season even started, that he may uh, get some save chances out of the bullpen. So I I expect that to be the reason why Sean picked him up. Um, but he has not been on the big league roster this year. I don't think. I don't believe he can. So, but, um, he, I mean, he could pay dividends. He could be a good one to come up and, um, you know, either be a big arm out of the bullpen eventually, or maybe even, uh, have a couple of spot starts for the D-backs. So, yeah, I, I think I like that pickup. Yeah. Bukowskis is a guy that I can actually get behind as well. I didn't. As I mentioned, there are many, many players that were picked up, so I actually didn't look at Astros pickups too thoroughly. Uh, you know, in the moment, I know every morning, one of my morning routines is to look at the waiver wire pickups from the previous day as mm-hmm. I'm getting my day started. And I'm sure in the moment I noticed them, but in terms of this recap, I did not. Bukowskis is a good one, and I support that pick. Um, let's move on. I've got athletics here, so... Tyler, let me ask you, uh, your namesakes, do they typically tend to be good at things? Um, hmm. I would say so. Okay. Well, that, that falls in line with this because Tyler Naquin is either very good at baseball or very good at pretending to be good at baseball. One way or the other, he is either for real or really good at, uh, let's just say, streaky outfield excellence. Thus far, Tyler Naquin, seven runs, five homers, 14 RBIs, a 290 average. And Paul, in all of his infinite Paul wisdom, decided somebody should probably take the plunge with this kid. <laughs> since, yeah. since picking him up, though, Naquin's cooled off just ever so slightly. He's hitting uh, three for 12, 
with two runs, a home run, RBI, stolen base, you know, just piddly, piddly crap, mm. filling the stat line, you know, that kind of stuff for the uh, yeah. for the defending second place silver medalist in real shit. A uh, hell of a pickup for Paul. Tyler Naquin could, uh, I'll steal your phrase, man, pay dividends if he keeps it hot. And even if he doesn't keep it hot, I think it's arguable he's already paid, you know, for his contract. I, I'm pretty sure he's a dollar player. I probably should have listed that, but did not in this one. So there you go. Yeah. No, I like that pick. Uh, he's, I think he's got the most or the second most RBIs in the National League right now. Yeah. Uh, something yeah. like that. So, yeah. And I think he's tied for first in home runs. So, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, he, he was if he's not still, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I don't know how much more he's going to get to play because they've got some guys that are hurt and everything. Right. But – I mean, if he keeps hitting like this, then there's no way that the Reds sit him. It's, so. it's hard to sit a hot bat, and I think Naquin is certainly that thus far. Yes, so I, I like that pick a lot, um, especially if he can keep it going. And I feel like Naquin has always been that guy, especially when he's with the Indians. Like, you just kind of were waiting on a, right. a breakout. The, and, it seems like he went from a spot that was kind of crowded outfield to another crowded outfield, and whether it's, you know – Akiyama's kind of uh I forget whether Akiyama's hurt or innate or Yeah, he is hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, an opportunity kind of presented itself out of necessity and yet he's making I mean, far and away the best he could make of it. So maybe like you said, man, the wait's over. Yeah. So let's move on along to uh to <laughs> the Death Star and talk to Johnny Blue Jay from the six. Uh Tyler. Uh, curious to see if you can nail this. How many players has John Mayo picked up since Waiver Mania began? Ooh. Off the top of your head. Two. No, he has picked up none. Wow. He has Crap. also put in no fab bids. Huh. So, not to leave him out of this, I want to pose a question to you, I guess, and I'm going to try to get a little bit of little bit of knowledge as i'm doing this maybe i can get some background information again my lack of preparedness is biting me in the ass baby uh let's see with 12 dollars, he's not necessarily cash poor but i could see where he would want to conserve that for a very long season so i guess that's logical and and as we'll get to later on his team was plenty fine without any added reinforcement uh hmm. But I did want to point out that I think it's very strange that he did not get in on the mix. Uh, just a strange happenstance. But uh, let's move on to yours. You've got the Braves, the defending champions, the commish, Freddie C. Yeah, and um, I this might not be a very popular pick, but I think this one was uh, one of those Freddie under the table picks that this guy's probably going to win a Cy Young in like three year <laughs> picks. Okay. Um, so, have you heard of Luis Garcia? I have heard the name, and I, uh, yes, yes. Oh, aware and sad that Freddie got it. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. The only Luis Garcia that I knew of until a couple weeks ago was the Nationals prospect. And this Astros guy came out of nowhere. Um, I think he got to, he got to start. 
Uh, I think he did get to start his first game. And, you know, he was he was iffy. Uh, he only had one strikeout and three and a third against mm-hmm. the Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, but his last time out, which was yesterday, yeah. um, he got to pitch in relief um, after Grinky got hit around a little bit and looked freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. And I just feel like the Astros have become one of those franchises that pretty much any pitcher that they churn out ends up being better than you thought they were going to be. That's interesting. So, um, yeah, so I really like Luis Garcia. Uh, The more I read about him, the more I like him. Yesterday, in relief, he came in through four and a third, struck out seven, gave up no runs, no earned runs, and um, didn't allow a lot of base runners. So Yeah, that's incredibly, uh, incredibly efficient ball. And, I mean, just what else can you ask for? After yeah, your after and, your staff leader gets like you said knocked around, yeah, and the way that they're getting injured kind of left and right right now, I feel like he will probably get some more starts later on. So I think that this pick could probably end up being a really good one for Fred. I think you're right. Uh, while we're on the topic of Luis Garcia, uh, and that's, I'm I'm going to make Luis Garcia the plural of Luis Garcia. While we're on the topic of Luis Garcia, um, there's actually another. The Phillies have a Luis Garcia in the market. Yes, I did know that. Yes. <laughs> there are yes. Too, too many. Uh, I propose uh, that we rename one of them to Chuck Garcia. Uh, okay. And it will be – let's make it this one. Freddy's Garcia is now Chuck Garcia. The Houston pitcher yep. is Chuck Garcia. Yeah, so, the pitcher is definitely Chuck. Yeah. All right. So, Freddie, congrats on your pick of Chuck Garcia. Well done. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to another NL stalwart. That's the Cardinals and the Salamander. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Tyler, but it seems that when he gets a pitcher, they decide, you know, well, hell, I better, I better shape up, better make this, you know, better make this shit right, get it together. And hello again, Stephen Matz. I guess it's time for you to be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> so Matz, uh, a $3 pickup from the Salamander. Two quality starts, wins in both of these games, 13 Ks, and a uh, humongous army of disappointed former fantasy owners who kicked the bucket on this guy permanently. Uh, I would assume at $3, Matt's probably literally would only need another start or two, not even at this level. Let's just say like if he's 60% of what he's done thus far for another two or three starts, he is worth $3 over and again. Um, for the Blue Jays team, that's looking like they're going to finally maybe fulfill some of that promise that the offense has been built on for a while. Mm-hmm. Matt's is in line for some wins. Could be impressive. Uh, and $3 for a team that really, frankly, doesn't need pitching could be a piece Alex could look to to flip for something that he might need down the line or or he's got another stud for years to come. It's this is the exact kind of pick that makes me sick because like this is the rich getting richer in a certain regard. Yeah, I agree. Like you said, it's like every pitcher that the freaking salamander touches just turns to gold. I need his hand. I need to chop off his lizard hand and put it in <laughs> my pocket so that I can acquire this pro- this, this power. 
But mm. enough about that. We'll see. We move from uh, we move from a salamander to a bear to our friend, the friend of the podcast, Rodello. And who have you got on Rodello's uh, waiver mania one to one? Well, this was one that he just picked up um, a few days ago, but it's already paying off. Um, it's and I don't know how to say this name. I'm so sorry. It's the the pitcher for the Braves, Yanoa. Uh, oh, okay. Um, you know, Hugh, I don't know. Hugh Oscar. I don't know either, but I'm going to look up a pronunciation guide as you're talking about. Go ahead. I think that his last name is Yanoa, like Yanoa, good chiropractor. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, a good pitcher for the Braves. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he actually got a spot start a couple weeks ago and pitched pretty well. I, if I remember right, he went like five innings. Yeah, five innings, struck out five, gave up nothing. Um, and then he was awarded with another start against the Marlins yesterday, went six, got a quality start, gave up, I think, one run and struck out ten. So, yeah, this was a pretty good pickup. And um, Max Freed actually got hurt running the bases tonight. So I bet this oh, guy gets another Lord. shot. No, he did. Yeah, I believe he did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry about that, Matt. I hope you're not listening. So, Okay. I'm going to turn up my computer volume and see how this sounds, okay? Okay. I swear this better not play something stupid. Waskar Enoa. Waskar Enoa. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Waskar Enoa. All right, Waskar. 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 Waskar Enoa. It kind of sounds like race car, anyway. Waskar Enoa. Well, I hope he races... To some more good starts for the Cubs. Maybe not this yeah. week, but in the future. Love it for him. Well, it looks like a good pickup so far. Oh, 100%, so. man. 100%. So, let's move along. I've got our buddy Clay. And for Clay's team, I knew exactly who. I mean, I looked at the other guys just to be sure I hadn't missed anybody. But for the most part, I knew exactly who I wanted to talk about. And that is the dude, Mike Myers. Uh, $2.00. Myers has thus far accumulated a win, seven innings pitched, eight Ks, a 1.29 ERA, less than one whip. Uh, sounds like a pretty solid starter, right? Yeah. yeah. He has also accumulated a save and is second in line in this Angels bullpen for saves. Uh, this is a guy that could potentially, you know, should anything happen with Rizal Iglesias, be in line to catch, you know, 10 saves through the year if, if it all goes well for the Angels. And should anything, you know, terrible happen with Iglesias, he could be a lot more than that. And uh, yeah, had a really solid season last year, has been a player that, I mean, like I mentioned, with, with no hesitation, this is a guy that I was looking at adding uh, as few as a day before <laughs> Clay added him. Like, this is a good player. And in case you didn't know, his name – is very similar to another somebody you may know. Two somebodies. One of them holds a knife and kills people in film. The other one plays Austin Powers. And I know that you guys can connect the dots on why that's relevant. Don't ruin it for him, Tyler. But it's all very relevant. Let's hear about Mariners, um, number one. You, you want to hear a cool story real quick about Mike Myers? I would love to. You know The pitcher? The pitcher. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. So he actually went to my alma mater, Ole Miss. He did. I think I know where you're going with this story. Yeah, and um, back when he was in college, he was our 
Um, I think he was our Saturday starter because I think Lance Lynn was our Friday guy. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him before. A time or two. And, yeah. And, um, but there was this guy um, every time that Mike Myers would start, this guy would go out to the left field, basically like yes. sit there at the yeah. left field flat, uh, foul pole, stand there with a Michael Myers mask on and stare out into the field the entire time that Mike Myers was on the mound. Yes. So, so go, go look it up because oh, yeah, it's awesome. If you haven't seen this, you have to see the video. There was a really well done piece about it on YouTube right now. I read the article about it and cackled laughing at the newspaper a couple years ago. Um, Tyler, this was absolutely an exceptional thing. And as if I remember rightly, the kid who donned the mask for every start, he was like, you know, some buddies of mine, we just, we laughed about it. And, you know, it seems like he, you know, Mike, the pitcher enjoys it. So I want to keep doing it, you know, as long as we can. And it's just something that seems to be a thing. And man, that's, that's one of the beauties of college baseball. And, you know, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Uh, Yeah. Sorry, quick story, but I, I figured people would like. Oh, that. trust me. If if we're talking about anybody, anything related to Michael Myers, like the the character from Halloween, I'm always down. If we're talking about college baseball irregularities and funny things, always down. So you hit me on two things there. Let's hear about Mariners' yeah. big pickup, though. Mariners. Um, I'm tempted to go with Ryan Zimmerman just because he's so hot, but. I'm not because I don't know how many more bats he's going to have going forward hmm. um, because Josh Bell is back from the COVID list. So my pick is Ian Kennedy. Okay. Uh, I think that guys that can, when you can pick up a guy off the wire and him end up getting, you know, 15, 20 saves throughout a season. I mean, that is so big. And it looks like Ian Kennedy could be on his way to doing that. He's already got two saves. He's closing for the Rangers. And the Rangers aren't great. But that probably means that no one else is going to be stealing saves from Ian Kennedy. So I like the pickup. Their bullpen's been really banged up thus far uh, throughout spring training as well as the early going in the season. So Kennedy could also just establish himself in the role and be so comfortable and trusted that really when you get a – a Jonathan Hernandez or a Demarcus Evans or a Taylor Hearn even or whoever that comes around kind of even threatening. Why bother whenever Kennedy is so entrenched in the role? Mm-hmm. So that's a great pick. I like that one. From one uh, from one M to another, we'll go to Marlins. I'm talking about Scott A. Marlins has an ass load of cash. Uh, that's uh, that's a metric figure. Is that a unit of measure now? It is an ass load, okay. uh, and that translates roughly to 105 waiver dollars, which is, for those keeping uh, tabs at home, over a fourth of his budget available to him. So it makes sense with his ass load of cash that he's added a million guys, right? right? Yes. So speaking of sense, it would make a lot of sense to talk about your Omar Narvaez's, your Brett Anderson's, Aristides Aquino's, the uh, Cesar Valdez's and his freaky slow change-ups and fastballs. But no, nah, I, I want to talk about a lovely young man named Bailey. Uh, if you're not familiar with Bailey, go to the YouTubes after you've watched your Mike Myers video and check out Foolish Baseball, probably one of my favorite channels on on uh, YouTube. He has a video about one of his favorite weird players in the MLB. And this whole video discusses the one and only Tim LaCastro, who is 
since I watched this video, I've had an uncanny respect for him. Well, Castro, Tyler, I don't know if you're aware, is one of, if not the fastest players in the MLB, and I would mm-hmm. say has very few rivals in that regard. Uh, thus far this season, he has six runs, a homer, two RBIs, two stolen bases, and a 270 average, and is now 28 for 28 on consecutive stolen base attempts. To start his career, I don't know. I don't know if that's to start his career or if it's just I in the most. Recent I think day. it is. I think he has the record now. I, that, I'm going to go with you. His sprint speed is ridiculous. I'm going to say. I mean, people are talk. People like to talk about 80 grade speed, but damn it, I'm saying 90 grade speed. Somebody stop Ooh. me! I dare you, stop me! <sighs> I can't. I can't do it. Well, I know, and you can't stop Tim Castro. He's already ran six miles. So, <laughs> holler at your boy. Anyway, hop, Tyler. Let's talk about some Padres. Our uh, our man Dan Nicholson, Trader Dan. He's done some trading. Okay, he's done um, some picking up. Yeah, and I'm actually going to talk about a guy that he traded okay. recently. Okay. Um, Cedric Mullins was a heck of a pickup. Oh boy, um, a guy that I actually wanted to draft and um i just kind of ran out of spots hear that and yeah and uh then i just had too many outfielders so i didn't try and pick him up man and dan did and he's paid off i i read a lot about um how he kind of changed his approach over the off season and i think he was a switch hitter and now he's only exclusively hitting one on one side i can't remember what side that is left okay um, but I mean, apparently it's, uh, the move has really paid off so far. He's hitting like 429 or something and he's a top 30 Yahoo fantasy baseball player as yeah. of right now. So yeah, that was a really good move by Dan. Um, and now he's traded him to Kyle. So Kyle is getting a good, we'll one. hear more about that trade in uh, just a few minutes, but man, you're, you we hit will. it. Uh, yep. and you really hit on the notes that I would have said it's, it's an approach change. It's, I think he, so long as they can keep him settled and content in the leadoff role, I think we're looking at a season that could be extremely uh, lucrative for Dan and now Kyle. So, and we'll get, we'll get it. And on, yeah. And on that note, uh, speaking of outfielders that uh, people have picked up, Drew, you, my man. You you took Akil Badu from everybody and you just ran away. Just ran away and you were like, nope, I'm going to keep him forever and ever and no one else can have him because I know that apparently he's like the best player on earth. Because that dude has been so good and he he literally came out of nowhere. What? What are you talking about? Rule 5 draft pick, you know, I mean, essentially, those guys, the Tigers basically let him on the roster. I mean, he did have a good spring training. But if they didn't let him on the roster, then he he was going to get sent back to the Twins. Is that mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, they had to they had to put him on the Major League roster, let him hang out the whole season so they could keep him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, look what happened. Um, what he hit, a, he hit a home run on his very first pitch of his career. The next day, he had a walk-off hit or something. Uh, you you know how I am. I can't discuss things like this, but that may or but, may not yeah, be correct. 
Anyways, I'm blushing through this whole thing. Akil Badu, great pickup, Drew. Great pickup. Thank you for your kind words. Um, if I was the sort to talk about my players, I'd probably use a phrase like baddest son of a bitch on the planet, but I'm not that kind of guy, so I won't. But, you know, uh, if others wanted to say that, I couldn't disagree. Let's move along, though, beyond my $3 gym of all time <laughs> to uh, to a team that we're also very familiar with here on the show, the Rays and Tyler. Do not call it a comeback. But what Mr. Aaron Sanchez has spun two straight serviceable starts as yeah. part of the resurgent and surprising Giants starting staff? Yep. So this is a, if I may, can I, can I, can I spit a tune for you? Please. This is 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% a $1 bid from Tyler, and however much percentage left that no blisters form and destroy the whole season. Am I right? You right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so obviously, anybody that's been a long-term fan realizes that Aaron Sanchez's potential is uh, ex- ex- excellent. It's, he's an excellent pitcher whenever he's healthy, and he doesn't have you know the blisties that are destroying his life. Uh, the Blue Jays had him, did great. I think he maybe floated around a little bit. I, I want to say he might have been with the Astros briefly, but I think so. I think he got traded. I think you're right, yeah. but. Now he's found his way to the, the Bay Area. And Tyler, can, yes. we, can we hear from you just a smidge about Mr. Aaron Sanchez and what you're looking for from him? Uh, I, I mean, I really hope that he can just continue to get himself reacclimated to starting in the bigs because it has been a few years. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just keep the good times rolling. I, I didn't start him the other day against the Reds because I was scared of the big red machine that's coming <laughs> into town and heat. I mean, he had a pretty good start. Yeah, so, definitely. You know, and I, I like – Giants pitchers are always interesting to me because of the park they sure. play in. So, yeah, I – hey, I I just went with it. It's like, hey, maybe this will pan out. And so, if he ends up being my eighth best starter this season, then I think I've had a pretty good year. And for a dollar, uh, the practically sum yep. of one dollar, yeah. Yep. Great pickup, my friend, and that's among some other very good pickups you've made. But let's move on to uh, to the Jandy man, Alex Anderson. Tyler, you're going to talk about a Red Sox ad, and uh, let's hear who you got, buddy. Yeah, so um, I'm going to piggyback off of what I was saying about Mariners pick and about closers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Red Sox picked up Julian Merriweather earlier in the season. Indeed. And that has turned out to be a hell of an ad <laughs> by Mr. Jandy Man himself. It has. Um, currently, Mr. Merriweather is uh, the 87th ranked player on Yahoo, which I just did not see happening. Not this year. Um, not this year. Nope. I think he's picked up two saves. Two saves. Um, he has not given up an earned run yet. His whip is 0.50. <laughs> and... Yeah, he struck out nearly two people in inning. So what more could you ask for? Um, and he's closing right now on a very, very good Blue Jays team. Indeed. Uh, it's it's ironic because had you asked me what Merriweather's role is with the Blue Jays, I think I'd have probably told you future starter. I, um, I still look at his profile and think that he would be such a good and effective starter, but – 
you know, sometimes you can't argue with successes. And if Meriwether's gonna <laughs> gonna keep the weather nice and temperate and merry, and uh, well, it's not really Toronto, I guess it's uh, Florida. But either way, if he's gonna keep you know keep it cool there, why not? Why not let him run with it? And this is a Blue Jays bullpen that's got you know Jordan Romano, Rafael Delis, uh, several talented guys, but. Merriweather has certainly established himself as one of those. And uh, and I think something else we could note is that not only has Merriweather been a, a serviceable pickup, he was part of the return that netted Alex Eduardo Rodriguez about a week ago. That's right. So uh, just the power of a good waiver ad. That'll be it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's move on to Rockies, the Rocky Mountain High. Tommy Tomatoes, uh, a reunion with Willie Adamas made sense to me for Tommy. Um, had him last season, was one of Tommy's better offensive players, and thus far, Tommy has been rewarded with a three-run, two-homer, four-RBI stat collection. Uh, Adamas plays for the Rays, who everyone is aware, you know, second-place team in the majors last season, AL champions, uh, have a ton of ton of batters, one of which uh, is waiting in the wings as a shortstop, naturally. So Adamus not only has competition uh, in the MLB, he has competition in real shit, because on Tommy's roster, we have an Ahmed Rosario, a Jake Cronenworth, and a Didi Gregorius, who all play shortstop. So I just think that it's an interesting move, but obviously Adamus is worth being owned, and Tommy did the right thing by adding him. in the mix for play at shortstop for the Rockies in a second straight season. It's a guy that he trusts, a guy he's familiar with. And again, you know, if the Rays stay hot, Adamus could be right in that mix and he could, you know, <laughs> what would you say? Like an RBI a day keeps the wander away, something like that. I don't know. Oh, man. I don't think anything could keep the wander away. Well, you may be a smidgen biased on that front, but I'll agree with you. He is uh, just a little. Either way, I'm going to give the the dub to Willie Adamas. Uh, do you have any any comments on that before we move on to Tigers? I like Adamas. I think a lot of people kind of forget about yeah. him. Um, so, Still so yeah, I, I like him. It just is really unfortunate that he seriously has like the best prospect in baseball breathing down his neck. So That's true, and maybe not just the best prospect in baseball, but I mean. <clears throat> infielders in Tampa Bay have got I mean I can think right off the top of my head of four or five prospects that could feasibly be playing right now in the majors it's just that's I mean if you fall someone is ready yep but hey nobody's saying Thomas is gonna fall and he's still plenty young so moving on to the Tigers I picked a good one uh Corey Kniebel he has uh come out of the gate on fire buddy for Matthews Tigers. He is looking like the evil Knievel of old um, to the tune of two saves, six Ks, four and a third shutout innings. Only one ding on the body of the car so far. That's a .23 whip. And Yahoo rank 77 on the year. Matthew may have Mm. found a dollar boy who is a relief stud. Maybe not closer in the vein of your Ian Kennedy for Mariner, Merriweather for Red Sox. But even if it's just the ratios, the Ks, some shutout innings with an obvious team who's in every single game, I think that 
Matt is going to take that every day of the week, considering this is, again, a dollar boy who you add post-draft. So. I think that's a, a great pickup on his part, and you can never beat a good reliever. Yeah, I like it, especially if um... – Oh, wow. I'm blanking on that guy's name. Who do you think? What's, what's their – who's their closer Canley, right now? Canley, of course. Yeah, L. Canley. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, if he falters like he – I mean, looks like he was going to – what was that, last postseason, I yes. think? Um, yeah, he is He is right there to take all those safe chances that the Dodgers are going to give him. So mm-hmm. I would say that's, that's yeah. fair. It's, it's ironic, Some too. Great... The, uh, the Dodgers have <laughs> Knabel. They have Bruzdar. They have, um, oh, gosh, they have uh, Victor Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. All these guys could theoretically be late-inning options. But yet, you know, Canley thus far has looked as solid as can be. I think he's might have blown a save at one point this season. But you'll have that. Either way. You, you can't win them all, I guess. You can only win, like, 98% of them are here. The Dodgers. Dodgers, 98% is about the worst they can get. So, Well, let's move on <laughs> to our last team uh, with the uh, pickup recaps. And it's the Yankees. Tyler, who'd you pick? So I am going to go with an NA guy that Kyle picked up. Um, I think that this guy, if um, really just depends on how things go in Tampa this year. But I see him getting the call eventually to either be in the bullpen or maybe be a spot starter. But I really like Shane McClanahan. Mm. Really like him a lot. I know he made his debut last year in the postseason and looked good. And um, the Rays are just another one of those organizations that when they decide to bring up a pitcher, I pretty much trust them and think that they are going to know what they're doing (laughs) right off the bat. Yes. Yeah. I like McClanahan. Um, He's a lefty. He's – um, I think he's always been sort of underrated as a prospect because he got picked in the same draft as uh, Libertore. Right. And so I think that he is finally kind of getting some notice since they traded him away and got that Arazarena guy. Yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah. So I, I like that pickup. I think that later on in the season, Kyle is really going to be glad that he picked him up. Yes. Uh, well, I guess we could say Kyle would have been glad. He picked up. Oh, because right. we have got now. Now that we've moved on from uh, waiver mania, we have some trade recaps. Uh, yes. we've got four trades here that have just happened within recent memory uh, that we're going to run through just super quick. Uh, I tell you what, we'll do is Tyler. I'll let you kind of give some quick thoughts on uh, on each of these trades, and we'll try to wrap it up pretty quick. How about that? Okay, sounds cool. good. Trade 108 for the 2021 season. The Phillies and Yankees hook up on a uh, on a two-wheel, a bicycle deal, a uh, two-wheeler. The Phillies receive Chris Davis, one year, $23. Corbin Martin, one year, $1, $13 cap space in exchange. The Yankees receive Archie Bradley, two years, $8. What you got on that one? Um, so... Correct me if I'm mistaken, but Bradley is with the Phillies now. That's right? correct. And he – do y'all actually have, like, a legit closer? Okay, he is y'all's yeah. closer. Yeah, okay. I would say. Okay. 
Okay. I just I didn't know yeah. for sure. I know that I think Alvarado has maybe gotten yeah. a yes. chance yes. or something. Alvarado has gotten a save and I I would assume he'll get several through the year. And I mean I assume Bradley, who's I mean Bradley's currently hurt. I'd assume he'll get a couple as well somewhere. Yeah. See that's what I was thinking. Like I could totally see Bradley um when he's back being in the mix. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Naris, you know, he's always been um like he's been good when he's on, but he's also one of those guys that just kind of scares Erratic. you to death every time you see him in the bullpen. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Trevor Rosenthal back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, like as soon as he throws the first pitch, you're like, oh hell yeah, he's getting a save tonight. Or oh no, we're losing. <laughs> so um I like that. So yeah, so I think I think Archie Bradley is a guy that um could come in when when he's back and um, be a really good relief pitcher for Kyle. And he's always been a guy that can get you some decent ratios anyways, even if he's not closing. Sure. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, did Kyle, he he cleared some money in this, right? Uh, yes. So therein actually lies the crux of the deal. Um, Kyle needed some cash. Mm-hmm. And so cleared <clears throat> $3 altogether in the deal, I believe. Okay. All right. That's what that's what I was thinking. So yeah, so I see why Kyle did this for sure. Um, I do think that Corbin Martin is going to be he could that could be one that kind of stings later on. Um, obviously, you wouldn't have traded for Corbin Martin if you didn't like him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Chris Davis, um, I don't. He's not getting like every day at bats right now. Is Chris he? Davis is actually hurt. That's why he's not. Okay. Okay. Well. Um, we all know that Chris Davis, you know, he hits 247 every year, but he still can hit 45 bombs if he wants to. So, um, and, uh, he definitely is in a better hitters park than he was, um, the last few years. Um, so I, I mean, I think that Chris Davis could be a guy that when healthy, you could, you could put him in the lineup when he plays and definitely could win you the home run category for a few weeks. So, um, yeah, and I like Corbin Martin, too. Um, he is with the – is he with the D-backs? Yeah, he was in the same deal with Bukakis for That's Brinkie. right. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, the only D-back starter that really comes to mind when I think long-term is Zach Gallen. Um, Maybe Luke Weaver. Sure. Um, am I forgetting somebody? Like guys younger, like not, up. you know, bump guys that are huh? currently up. Well, like, you know, Bumgarner is, is going to be in the rotation, but he's old. He's a little older. So, but I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is that Corbin Martin could be one of those. Oh, younger, I, mean, I, I get uh, what you're saying. I, I think what I meant is like, you're talking of guys who are currently pitching in the majors, right? Yeah. I'm trying to, yeah. hey, I'm trying to make sure I don't forget um, anybody. But. Gallon. I mean, it, Luke Weaver, depending on your feelings on Luke Weaver, I would say could fit that mold. Uh, I, 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 either me and you both are forgetting somebody, but I can't. Yeah. I don't think well, I think that I think that Corbin Martin could is definitely in the D-backs plans for sure. the future. I, hey, that's, that's so, so. Yeah. So a dollar a dollar flyer on him, I definitely see that. So I feel for sure. That. Let's move on. Trade one oh nine, one you're familiar with. Padres receives Dansby Swanson one seventeen and ten dollars cap space. Rays receives Tyler O'Neill one seven 
And this one uh, is Stings, an accurate word for this one, looking a couple days later? For me, it does, because O'Neal um, got hurt the other day. Um, but uh, Swanson, I really – he came. He became expendable for me because Garrett Hampson looks like he might have finally arrived a sure. little bit. Um, and I've got Marcus Simeon, and then that Franco guy. Hopefully later this oh, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always liked Tyler O'Neill's tools. Um, I, I I know I've probably talked to half the league about him and how much I really do believe in him. Sure. If he can ever put it together. Legit, it's, I like it when you have your guys, and O'Neal is definitely a guy of yours, so I can't fault it. Yeah, yeah. It's just frustrating because, um, you know, like he looks like he's finally putting some good swings on the on the ball, and like this weekend, um, I think if I remember right, like he hit the ball pretty hard his first at bat, and he did, he didn't get a hit, but he hit it hard, and I was like, okay, that looked good. And then he gets hurt running the bases, and it's like. <sighs> You know, because that dude, because Tyler O'Neill has elite sprint speed. Um, He's actually one of the fastest guys in baseball, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to think about. Um, He has legit, you know, tower power. Um, So if he could ever hit like 250, then he would be awesome. But he just hasn't put it together yet. And I really thought this would be the season that he would because of the Cardinals outfield situation. So, hey, we're only two weeks in. So we'll see. Uh, just but, a couple, um, couple yeah. of notes uh, on O'Neill thus far. Average exit velocity in the 88th percentile, hard hit percent in the 89th percentile, barrel rate in the 79th percentile. Uh, it's a stat cast page that is very America. It's got a lot of red, some white, and a good bit of blue. So I hmm. think that the, uh, the key for O'Neill in my very humble opinion. I'm far be it for me to tell a Cardinals fan what their guy needs to do, but it looks to me like if he could just try to make a little bit more consistent contact, maybe for at the expense of a little bit of that power, I think you might see yeah. something special because like you said, his, his sprint speed, <laughs> it's, it's, it's surprising for a guy that's as ch- not chunky. What's the word I'm looking for here? Jack. <laughs> Yes, Jack. There he is. Let's go. Swole. Let's go. Let's go. Swole. Okay. Meaty. meaty. I like meaty. Oh God, we got to get you off this trade. One ten. Mariners receive Jake Diekman one six and five dollars cap space. Padres receives Chris Flexen one one. Uh, Chris Flexen, as you may or may not know, depending on your uh, your depth of knowledge of. Kind of what's going on in baseball. Flexen played overseas last year. And so he's one of very few pitchers in the majors who is coming off of the season with a relatively normal innings uh, amount. So the Mariners got him uh, in, I guess they're expecting him to, you know, carry some innings, hit, hit some innings for them. And uh, Deakman, on the other hand, in the saves mix for Oakland. And that's kind of a cloudy situation. But uh, what do you make of this one, buddy? Um, yeah, I can see why both managers wanted to do this kind of swap. I know Padres is looking for innings, and both of these guys are actually Mariner fans in real life, I, I believe. And so, yeah, I know Flexen um, has 
I think he's looked pretty decent so far. And I feel like that the Mariners are always one of those organizations that's always looking for pitching. Um, so they're trying to kind of find that hidden gem, and flexing could be it. So, sure. um, yeah. So I know that's a good deal for Padres because he needs guys that he can count on. And then on the other hand, Mariners looking for another closer. Rosenthal got hurt. Yeah. Looks like he's going to be out for a while. Why not replace him so, with his replacement? Right. And Deekman looked like the guy. And then uh, Trevino actually got to say today. Yeah, so, interesting. I it? mean, smart ad, whoever added him. Yeah, I can't, I can't um, put my finger on who that was. Yeah, I don't either. But, hey, good good on them. But, yeah, so it, it was a good, good swap both ways. Uh, so, from one to another, Trader Dan lives up to his name and within an hour has two different trades. Trade 111, the biggest in-season trade of the year thus far. Uh, Padres receives Mike Yastrzemski, 111. It's yes! David Peterson, 1-7. Shane McClanahan, 1-1, uh, and $10 cap space. Yankees receives Dean Crispy Creamer, 1-6. Wade Miley, 1-1. The aforementioned Cedric Mullins, 1-1. Michael A. Taylor, 1-1. Big, big trade. Lots of pieces going either way. Tyler, tell me what you think about this one. Um, Looking at it just right off the bat, um, Kyle got – I think he got a lot better with this trade. Um, (laughs) Now I can't stop looking at Dean Kramer and reading Dean Kramer. Hey. Krispy Kreme, baby. Krispy Kreme. I've been putting over this. No, I don't. I don't want to think about him as a creamer. Krispy Kreme. Uh, no. Um, but yeah, Kramer, <laughs> Kramer, and <laughs> I almost said it. Kramer and Miley, um, they're, they've looked pretty uh, pretty good so far, especially Wade Miley. Oh, yeah, I mean, who knew? Um, but yeah, those are both the guys that are like, you know, in the starting rotation. Like, they, these aren't fringe guys right now. They are in their starting rotations. They're going to get innings. Uh, Cedric Mullins, I've already, you know, swooned over him. Um, Michael A. Taylor, uh, he's getting every day at bats in Kansas City, and he's looked pretty good so yeah. far. So, yeah. yeah. It's a good – that was a good uh, – I think that was a really good trade for Kyle. I know it was hard for him to give up Yaz because he's been uh, – last couple of seasons he has been a legit – fantasy baseball player and a staple um, of Kyle's team the last two years right yeah yeah like when I think of Kyle's team last couple of seasons honestly it's been like Vlad Tati Stanton and yes so it's um, one of these things where you know he texts me and says do I move yes if I can potentially get other affordable pieces to replace him is it time that I can move on and that's dude <laughs> the the sentimentalism and the nostalgia of drew wheeler i just i told him i said wow i, I don't know i mean obviously if the trade's worth making pull the trigger you know everybody's expendable in the right move but it's yes like literally that's our that's like the joke on the podcast is i do the jim ross thing it, it's yes like yeah so shit i <laughs> It's a great, and I told Dan after he reported it to me. I mean, this is a great trade both ways, and from what I understand, yeah. this is literally it was literally a uh, a very straightforward trade negotiation where, I, if I'm not mistaken, one of them says to the other, "I like 
these this list of guys. The other says, okay, I don't want to move these. I like this list of guys. The other one says, okay, I don't want to move these. An offer was made and accepted. Like, if I'm not mistaken, it was a very cut and dry sort of thing. So trade trade mm-hmm. 111 was a, a, a good one for both teams, I would say. I agree. So that is uh, the trade recap. And Tyler, that brings us to uh, to a point in our show, a very natural break. And uh, at this point in the show, we should probably kick it to AAA, where we're going to hear from uh, your. It's your favorite part of the show, as I've as I've learned. Yeah, Pastor, the guy himself. We're going to see what he's got to say. Uh, still kicking in AAA, he's got something to tell us about our uh, our favorite insect overlords at Anchor. Uh, so I'm going to let you do the honors, throw it to pass Drew. We'll hear what he's got to say. And then when we come back, we've got matchup breakdowns. Talking about week one of the Real Shit League 2021 season. Who won? Who lost? What are the stories of the week? And what's up next for your favorite Real Shit teams? Tyler, throw it to our boy, Pastor, Drew, and we'll hear what he's got. Hit us with some sweet, sweet chin music. And welcome back to the Real Shit Podcast. Um, man, it's always good to hear from Pastor. You know, I, I, I'm a little biased, but I do love his dulcet tones. Yeah, I mean, they're just so soothing. <laughs> True that. True that. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and get right to some matchup breakdowns. Dude, it... uh. It's been an interesting first week, and I mean, with the extended uh, the extended period, uh, you know, we played what was it Thursday to Thursday to Sunday, and then Sunday to Sunday as we typically do. Um, it it was a it was a very busy and action packed, a very stat packed week for many matchups. So let's jump right into one. Uh, I've got it lined up as you may have noticed on your format. We're gonna do all the AL games first, and then hit the NL. We'll start with the Astros and Mariners. Astros takes this one six to five. And Tyler, uh, let me ask you, is it bad to say that luck is the story of the week? Is that a bad thing to say? No, definitely not. Well, luck is the story of the week for Astros. Uh, Every category that this man won was within striking distance TM. Uh, The man won on a tiebreaker for whip had one save, 0.006 average, three runs, three RBIs. Mm. It was razor-thin margin for Mariners to lose. And a shocker, if I can be frank, like I would have picked Mariners in this one hand over fist. Um, just a, just a, a big shock and a razor-thin margin, as I said. I think the story of the week is going to be – uh. <laughs> Loud does he do it? <laughs> Nate Loud. 14 RBIs for the upstart first baseman coming out of Tampa, getting the first base job, and I, it doesn't look like he's going to let it go. 14 ribs. Uh, the man, you know, he's he's not got a stellar average, but can't beat those RBIs. But I think the story has got to be, in terms of a specific player, the performance of Byron Buxton, Looking like Man. the guy that we thought he would be. Seven runs, five homers, nine RBIs, a steal, 481 average, 1.734 OPS. Could he keep it up? 
keep the Astros afloat in a very dangerous AL. It's uh, it's going to be a story that we monitor all year for Astros, and uh, one that this week at least he had to be happy to see. That is, if he locked in to see his lineup. I can't speak to that. Yes, uh, yeah, Buxton was huge for him this week. Um, so was Juan Soto, of course. And oh yeah, oh man, yeah, it was a crazy. It was a good matchup, though. I think this was a matchup of two um, really good teams in the AL. Yeah. Um, Mariners, uh, you know, I mean, if the whip category had just been flipped, the Mariners would have won this matchup. (laughs) So I think the story of the week actually for Mariners would be a couple of really bad pitching performances by Frankie Montas and Edwin Diaz. Two guys you have to say he's counting on. Yeah. If those guys had just had even slightly worse starts to the season – Mariners wins this matchup. So, you know, he's going to be pretty sick about that. Oh, yeah. And like you were saying, I mean, all the offensive categories were so close. Uh, Mariners won home runs by one home run. Yeah. Um, Stolen bases were tied. So, this was a really, really good matchup of a couple of, uh, I guess you could say heavyweights. I mean, these, these two teams have been really good the last few years. So, definitely ones to look out for. Uh, that you should have looked out for in the past and should in the future as well. So you're right. Yep. That's that's a good point. Up next for these teams, the number seven ranked Astros will be taking on the number one ranked Tampa Bay Rays. Hello? Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. And the number nine Mariners will take on the number 12 Yankees in a match of two guys that I know are dying to get in the win list. So True. Let's move on. Uh, another AL matchup. Speaking of some AL heavyweights, Athletics defeated Tigers. Athletics wins nine to three over the Tigers. And uh, Tyler for the silver place medalist Athletics. It was uh, <laughs> is too close for comfort. A safe way to say this. Like let's let's talk about the Athletics, buddy. What's your story for the week? Well, I think this is another razor thin matchup, um, sure. except this time it was more the pitching categories, the pitching stats that um, kind of was the tail of the tape per se. Um, this, uh, this matchup was really close up until the end. And then athletics on the last day ended up getting a couple more stats and the last couple of days, I guess the weekend. And yeah, I mean, this, this was closer than a nine to three ball game. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I would say that athletic story of the week is, um, gosh, there's a couple of good ones. Jose Barrios was awesome. He was. Um, two wins, a quality start, 20 strikeouts and two starts. That was huge because uh, Paul won the strikeouts category by four strikeouts. Um, Clayton Kershaw, of course, had a great first week. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I mean, his pitching staff was as a whole was awesome. Um, anyone that throws over 100 innings and still has a 2.95 ERA and a 0.89 whip, um, yeah, you know what you're doing. So um, I would just give the story of the week to Paul's entire um, pitching staff. Well, there you go. That certainly plays into his pre-draft narrative about the pitching staff and how it's, you know, his his views on pitching. So I'm sure he'll be tickled to hear that. Yep. Paul also uh, gave me a shout-out. He said that 
he was a little late to know that we had recorded a new podcast, but was happy to see us back. And I had told him he should come on to the show at some point. He declined. He said that he hates the way his voice sounds, but loves the way that we sound and encourages us to keep it up. Oh, well, uh, I've never commented on my voice and I still do this for y'all. So I think that's a little selfish, Paul. (laughs) I told him that occasionally I really hate the way that I sound, but for the most part, I kind of just deal and try to present the league and our other listeners with something to enjoy. So I'm sure eventually we'll get Paul on here. I mean, if you just strive to sound more like past Drew a little more, I think this might help the podcast. You know, he he is just at another level. Speaking of another level, can you tell me about the insanity that is the storm door being ripped down? Matthew and his Tigers look like a totally different team than last year. And I mean, granted, this is a team that we often would point to as like uh, being a trap game for teams late in the season last year. But Matt's Tigers, bro, they kept it within striking distance on six categories with the second-place team. And you'll notice six categories is the crucial number that separated them in the final score. If those six categories would have been flipped, we'd have been looking at a 9-3 Tigers over athletics. Yep. Uh, Javier Baez, I'm going to say is my story of the week, though. He put it all together to lead the charge for Tigers with three homers and three steals over the week, along with four runs and six RBIs. Um, I am notoriously not a fan of Javier Baez, but I think that if he consistently played like this, he'd be hard to argue with the end result. Uh, This looks, in no uncertain terms, like a very testy, (laughs) dangerous Tigers team. And I implore the uh, number five Blue Jays who will be facing him this week to look out and not overlook this this Tigers team, who I don't think is any longer could be considered a trap game, at least not yet, because he looks uh, dangerous. I think he's he's poised to make some noise. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Poised to make the noise. Yeah, I mean, hats off to Matt because I know that the last couple of years have been tough for him because he wants to have a good team. And, bro, you got a you got a hell of a team right now. Yeah. So, yeah, hats off to you for creating this monster that, um, I mean, geez. Pushed and shoved I mean, around Paul. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, Tigers, he gets Blue Jays this next week, which that should be an interesting matchup. I do – um, I think that uh, Matt's probably kicking whoever made the schedule. Um, yeah, for, for that. Um, and Athletics gets Red Sox, who we will talk about. Um, I think that Red Sox has a better team than they looked last week. Um, so I agree with that. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, we'll see where both of these teams go from here. Uh, really hard fought matchup this week, and I do think that Tigers is better than the score shows. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, Moving on real quick, like you referenced, uh, we've got the up next, the number three athletics against the number 16 Red Sox and the number 14 Tigers against the number five Blue Jays uh, in this week's AL matchups. Let's move on to another AL match last week. Blue Jays eight, Yankees three. And this is a collision of two former two-time champions uh, and John Mayo. Darth Vader himself comes out on top to the tune of eight to three. 
Uh, and I've actually got to get to talk about John's team. And I'm going to say the story of the week is the big bats bang and bang and bang and bang and bang. <laughs> John's Jays kept the foot on the pedal. And uh, in the last couple of days, Kyle was in uh, just just outside of striking distance. Like, had, he, had Kyle come through with a really clutch day or two, we could be looking at a different score. But John really put the foot on the pedal, and he drowned out the Yankees uh, stat-wise. Um, categories kept it close in the week, like I said. But the final scores are really indicative of a consistently solid day-to-day performance from guys like Bo Bichette. Austin Meadows, Mike Moustakis, and one player in particular who uh, kicked it to Munsimum Overdrive. Uh, you'll have to forgive me. I mean, Maximum Overdrive. Seven runs a homer, five RBIs, 379 average, 1.125 OPS for Max Muncy, the uh, triple eligible spark plug from the Dodgers lineup. Uh, John, who is... I mean, synonymous with loaded pitching in this league and beyond. Uh, his offense really, really showed out this week. I mean, Kyle's pitching, which is unheralded, not star-studded, kept up with, and and those three statistics Kyle won were pitching, and that's that's such a surreal thing. But John's bats uh, showed that he is a well-rounded team from the six. Look out for him. But uh, let's hear what you got for the story of the week for the Yanks. I think one of the bigger stories um, is is Tatis going down so quick. Yeah. I think, I mean, when your when your best player gets hurt like that, uh, it just kind of takes the wind out of your sails. And um, I know that that was hard to see for Kyle. Oh yeah, we all know how much Fernando Tatis Jr. means to Kyle Wheeler. Oh yeah, and um. So I know that sucked. Um, I mean, having a guy like that in your offense could have made a difference when, you know, batting average, it wasn't necessarily close when you look at it, but having a guy like Tatis, average OPS, home runs, stolen bases, RBIs, I mean, all of those are um, closer than they appear. So, uh, yeah, I think that really that really hurt, and I do hope that he comes back. I think he I think he might come back this week. That's all. I believe you're correct. I think I'm up. So, yeah, thank God for that because the game of baseball is one hundred thousand million zillion times better with Fernando Tatis Jr. playing. I agree. Um, so, um, hopefully he has a quick recovery. Um, Vlad Jr., the other uh, freaking pillar for Kyle. He was awesome last week. He hit 379, two home runs, eight RBIs, and he even stole a base, boys. I know. Vlad Jr. with the wheels. You got to love it. So, yeah. So, um, that was good to see because we all are waiting on Vlad Jr. to take off. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it, Doc. The wait is over. He's here, baby. I agree with you, man. I do. I, I have been buying his cards. I'm ready. So, uh, so speaking of you being ready, can we talk about this 11 to 1 beatdown on poor Jandy, man? Like, what TF did he do to you with the Rays winning 11 to 1 over the Red Sox? And you know what? Before you talk, let me just levy the case against you, you guilty SOB. 11 to 1, the largest margin of victory in the week. 
we talk about 119 Ks, that is uh, 27 strikeouts over your competition. Stolen bases, you had five more. Uh, homers, you had 12 more. Uh, and when we're talking about players specifically, you referenced him earlier, Garrett Hampson. His four steals nearly accounts for the entire deficit by himself. But moreover, he ties what the Red Sox team did alone. Garrett Cole, his 21 strikeouts nearly makes up the deficit in strikeouts by himself in one player. But if I had to pick a story of the week, I think I'm going to pick a man coming back from the dead. J.D. Martinez. And can he please calm TF down? Hello? Ten runs, five homers, 16 RBIs, a paltry 472 average, and a uh, pish posh 1.583 OPS, uh, all for the, uh, the 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 skyrocketed sum of how much was he in draft? Oh man, like sixteen bucks. <sighs> that makes me sick. <laughs> it makes me happy. Well, I hope it does. <laughs> I hope it does. In a, in a week that you can put on your mantle for all time, you can. Salute J.D. Martinez and his his mighty mighty bat in Boston for that one. So. Yeah, um, I would just like to say that the the draft. If anybody needs any evidence that the draft can help you as a team, then you need to look at what happened this week in my team mm-hmm. because I picked up J.D. Martinez. Marcus Simeon, Otani Batter, and Max Scherzer. Those are my four big pickups, and I, my team would not be a third of, as good, especially this last week, if I didn't have these guys. So, um, anyways, let's talk about Janie Man. Um, unfortunately, he ran into a buzzsaw this week. Yeah. Um, I can't really explain what happened, but I hope my team just keeps on doing that because sure. that was nice. That was fun. For me, not for him. <laughs> um, but um, his boy, Rafael Devers, had a pretty solid oh, week. Yeah. Um, the Red Sox, I mean, speaking of coming back from the dead so quick, um, they – the Orioles, like, literally shot them in the head the first yeah, week. they did. Swept them. And, I mean, I think everyone left the Red Sox for dead that quick. And, man, they are – what, in first place in the East by, like, a game or two now? So, and uh, Devers has been a big part of that. He hit four home runs, six runs scored, and 10 RBIs last week Mm -hmm. and hit 250. Um, So, that was a a positive for Jandy. Um, Also, he had a couple of pretty good pitching performances. Um, Emmanuel Classe. Let's talk about him real quick. Bring it, bring it. Yeah, dude. I think he got him in the draft for a dollar. I think that's right. Um, just like a real quick kind of like, oh, let me pluck this guy from the depths and um, make him a stud. So, um, yeah, he looks awesome. Uh, we now know why he was the big get for Kluber last year. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was a really good pickup by Jandy. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and he had, he had some injury um, – he has some unlucky injury. Um, oh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Happening. Sure. 
Um, Chris Archer was having a good start. He got hurt. Tehran Tehran had a good start, and then he didn't make his second start. So um, hopefully he can get these guys back sooner rather than later. Because, like you said, they were looking good, and this is a team that could use you know every uh, every bit. I mean, every every team could use every bit of pitching they can get, and that's two starters that I mean, Alex you know was probably counting on two veteran guys. Yeah. So, anyhow, let's move along to the National League side of the of the the, uh, the slate, where we saw the defending champion Braves against the Marlins. Braves eight, Marlins two in that one. So uh, Freddie beats Scott to the tune of eight to two. And uh, Tyler, what you got for the Braves? What's the story of the week for the Braves? I think that this one is. Probably the easiest one I will pick all season. Okay. You ever heard of Ronald Acuna Jr.? The name rings a slight bell. Um, tell me something about him. Okay. One, he's really good at baseball. Okay. In- instantly interested. Two, he's really good at baseball. <sighs> okay. See, now I think I would be – Probably a hundred percent more interested, which puts me at two hundred percent interested. Are you sweating yet? Uh, yes, because here comes number three. All right, he's good at baseball. Oh my god! Okay, um, <laughs> calm down. Where's the fan? Yeah, I need it immediately because, as you may know, this player not only plays for the real life Braves but the real shit Braves, which means that not only the real life Phillies but the real shit Phillies have to worry about this guy. <laughs> A lot. Quite a bit. Um, yeah, so Acuna was awesome. Um, he he came into this year with a, a ton of hype, and um, deservedly so. He hit four home runs, scored eight runs, had eight RBIs. He stole two bases, um, had a 444 batting average with an OPS over 1,300. And did you see him beat out a routine ground ball to shortstop yesterday? I didn't, but uh, that doesn't. You didn't see that. I I need to go look at it. Oh man, dude, you need to. I know it was against your Phillies. I'm sorry, (laughs) but it was so impressive. I mean, um, who was playing short? I think it was Segura. It may have been Segura. And I mean, it was a clean, like you know, ground ball. Like I mean, he he fielded it perfectly, and he he pumped, and he pumped, and it was over. And Acuna beat it out, man. It was. Yeah, it was impressive. So, yeah, Acuna is the story of the week for Fred. Um, his offense um, beat Marlins handedly. Yeah. Um, the only the only category he did not win was steals, which they tied in, and Acuna helped with that. Um, so, and also hats off to Joey Gallo for stealing two bases. Yeah, what was so that? <laughs> I just noticed that. Yeah. I thought there was a typo. <laughs> so, Yahoo, get, yeah. Yahoo needs to get on that. <laughs> Come on, Yahoo. Well, let's move on from uh, from Freddie to Scott. And Scott Allen, his Marlins, uh, he kept the categories pretty close for a minute, man. Uh, I'm sure you noticed as you checked the league through the week, uh, it bounced back and forth uh, from uh, lead to lead. You know, Scott would take the lead. Freddie would take the lead. And Scott would take the lead. But the champion eventually just sped off into the distance in many, many categories and uh, – that being said, Marlins pitching staff did a pretty good job of keeping him competitive on the mound, led by none other than the bridge. And I have I have researched what Alcantara 
means. It means the bridge. Okay. The bridge himself, Sandy Alcantara, 17 Ks, 1.5 ERA, 0.83 whip, and two quality starts, led the way on the mound for the fish. Uh, and I would say is without reservation, his, his the ace of his staff, uh, a pitcher that he is leaning on for uh, as long as he wants to keep him, keep him around. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, big ups to him for Alcantara, the bridge. Uh, up next for these teams, the number two Braves. It's going to have a tough match. He's got the number eight Giants this week. And then we've got a battle with the number 13 Marlins taking on the number 11 Cardinals, who we're about to talk about in a minute. Uh, that's going to be two pretty interesting matchups, if I may say so. Uh, I think that I think that Marlins team, keeping it as competitive with Freddie for the first uh, portion of the week, if Alex's bats, um, well, I don't want to bury the lead with Alex's bats, but it could be interesting. And then, of course, Braves and Giants, both powerhouses last year in the NL. We'll see what happens. Could be a tough week for the NL boys. I think that the NL is um, overall uh, this year, I think it'll be a little top-heavy. But um, at the top, it's going to be really competitive. Really competitive. You're right. So I hope you are ready. Uh, we're trying. I'm trying my best on behalf of one team. Let's move on, though. We got another matchup: uh, Cubs six, Cardinals four. A uh, friend of the podcast, Rodello, ended up beating Alex Rhodes, the old Salamander, six to four. Uh, Tyler, let's hear about your buddy Rodello. Uh, let's hear what his story of the week is. Well, um, that guy's offense. Uh, I don't know really what got into them. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, um, I know talked to Alex a couple times about this matchup. He was really disappointed with his offense, but it's hard to compete against a team that across the board just uh, ran away with it, except really for batting average. Yeah. Um, there was a couple guys that had really, really big weeks for Rody. Uh, Lariano was awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, he stole four bases. That dude, uh, man, he's – Gosh, he's going to get on base like that. He's going to steal a lot of bases this year. Um, Mookie Betts even had a – he still had a pretty solid week despite being hurt. Um, and, man, I just – Rody's team is pretty good. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a lot of uh, innings, but if he would have, um, I think that, you know, his stats obviously would look a little better. But, yeah, Rody's offense was awesome, and um, let's see if they can keep it up. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the uh, – just to flip that coin, the song remains the same in St. Louis. Uh, pitching is king for Alex. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. literally the direct inverse of what's going on with Rody. Uh Alex nearly doubled Rodello's strikeouts. Rodello had 76. Alex had 145. He literally drowned him in quality starts 13-2. to two. Good Lord. Five Cardinals pitchers had two quality starts apiece. Seven had 10-plus strikeouts. Bieber, of course, led the way with 24 Ks. Baby, baby, baby. Oh, you say Kikuchi, (laughs) 16 Ks. My man Kikuchi. Glass now, glass later, glass always, 15 Ks. 
Alex's pitching is stupid, dumb, ignorant. Just dumb, 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 dumb. Did you just really – did you call him Cuckoo? Yeah, my man Cuckoo. <laughs> I think that's a great nickname. Oh, I know. I, I only give good nicknames. You know this. I knew that. Uh, I, knew that. I texted Alex, I think, like after his first start. I think my exact words were, tell me what to do to get my man Cuckoo on my team. <laughs> and Alex says uh, – he, he, I think Alex is like, I really don't think I should trade him. And I was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But everybody wants them some Kikuchi. Oh, man, everybody wants some Kikuchi. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> you got to get in the Kikuchi and stay there as long as you can. So. Yeah, yeah, because you never know when it's going to dry yeah. up. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, high five. High five. Well done. Yep. Well done. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, okay, so up next, though, for the Cubs, number six Cubs is a matchup with the number four Phillies. Uh, again, NL, baby. It's going to be tough all year. Tough road to hoe. It is. Let's move on, though, to another matchup in the NL. Giants, Clay Carver. His Giants defeated Thomas Tomatoes, Rockies, 5-4. to four. Uh, Story of the week for the Giants. I'm just going to jump right into it. This was a really tight game. It was uh, kind of like the uh, kind of like the Astros, Mariners, and Athletics, Tigers games. Uh, everything was pretty tight. Uh with the exception of a few categories that each manager took really handily. Um, one such category was runs for Clay. Uh, Mark Kana and Nick Castellanos each had nine runs in that ridiculously lopsided runs category for Clay. And then uh, strikeouts was another big one. Trevor Bauer had 20 by himself. Dylan Bundy had 16. Mm. Tyler Molly, 15. I mean, altogether, that's 51 strikeouts spread amongst three guys. That's just dumb, 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 and drove the nail further into poor Tommy, who already was being kicked while he was down after losing uh, James Paxton. It just, you know, just brutal stuff. So I think that uh, I think that in this close matchup, having those categories that you really could blow out of the water, like for Clay, runs and strikeouts, it was beneficial. So uh, that's what I'll say. The story of the week was is him just keeping it strong where he knows he's strong. So what about what about Tommy? Yeah. What was the story of the week there? Well, you know, Tommy ended up winning um, the wins category, but also the uh, ratios, the the ERA and the WHIP, and he won those easily. Um, and there's a couple guys that I think really helped him with that, and one being John Means. Oh yeah. Um, and I think. Um, I think he picked him up pretty late into the off season, if I remember right. Or was this right after the season he, started? He traded – Dan had him, and he traded with Dan, yeah, near the end of the uh, off season. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So he got him and also Dustin May. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, the uh, – what, what is his name? His, his nickname isn't the Red Rocket. It's something else, right? Oh, it's a good nickname. It's Red – Is it something. Red Rider? Red Rider, maybe that's right. Because Red Rocket is Andy Dalton. Yeah, the Red Rocket is Andy Dalton. So, we need to figure well, that out because it's a good nickname. When I heard it, I was like, damn, that's good. Yeah, like, you know, that was Drew Worthy. Oh, I know, you know? I know, I know. So, I can't do it all. The world but, um, has to contribute a little. That's true. That's true. <laughs> a a little. little. Like, not, you're not even asking no, them that much. No. But, um, but, yeah, uh, Tommy's pitching um, – 
looked pretty good this this week, and which is which is really um, it's just really positive thing because you know last year I think we talked about how Tommy's offense was really taken off yeah. behind guys like Kyle Lewis and yeah. stuff. And now um, it looks like that his pitching is taking a turn for the better. Certainly. It's, um, it is nice. Yeah. And it's I mean, a good, it's a good turn mm-hmm. for Tommy when, you know, last year, like you said, his offense kind of carried him to the dance at a couple of big matchups and carried him some surprise wins. But this year it looks like the pitching. And I mean, this is two guys in May and means that he can really build on both relatively yeah. affordable and young and yeah. most That's importantly, right. talented. So yeah. uh, up next yeah. though, for Tommy, his number 10 Rockies will have a matchup with the number 15 Padres, and we will get to Daniel Trader Dan here in just a moment. We've got the final NL matchup, uh, Phillies 9, Padres 3. Uh, the mystery managed Phillies defeating Dan's Padres. Dan, welcome to the league in a, uh, a bit of a brutal fashion. Uh, let's hear yeah. what the story of the week is for those uh, those dastardly Phillies. Um, I mean, my God, could you get off the man's neck? Um, geez, especially offensively. <laughs> I mean, I thought the Rays had a good week. And then I come over here and my balls just got busted. <laughs> so uh, a lot of guys that you could look at here for the Phillies. Um, Jose Altuve scored 11 runs. Um, Mike Trout, of course, is Mike Trout. Akil Badu, of course, is Akil Badu because apparently he's second best in baseball. Um, Nelson Cruz is ageless, I swear. Um, and then, then that your mind Mercedes guy, uh, <laughs> whoever that is, you know, th- decides to be the next Ted Williams. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Philly's offense just went the hell off. They decided, like, you know, I we don't give a shit who we piss off even if that's the new guy and that's what they did. They, Dan, Dan, he's a good sport. I hate this narrative that um, I'm just bullying, Dan, but I kind of love it at the same time. Sorry. Well, man. I mean, Drew, what do you expect, dude? You beat home runs. You won by, uh, I can't even do that math. It's so big. 16. Um, I mean, RBIs, 40. Sorry. Man, I'm God, sorry. God. I cannot believe that I am friends with you, you asshole. No, I'm the bad person. <laughs> but no, um, look, just really good offensive showing by the Phils and uh, a lot of fight in you. And um, the pitching, hey, the pitching wasn't half bad Thank either, you. man. So, yeah. So what about the Padres? The Padres, uh, yes. So I found a note that I want to mention. Can we fire up the boogie, oogie, oogie? What about that man, Tony Disco? Anthony Descalfani coming in hot. 12 Ks, a win, quality start, 0.82 ERA and 1.27 whip. Uh, for that resurgent, kind of strangely cobbled together Giants pitching staff that we've credited. If I'm not mistaken, this is the most yeah. expensive man on Dan's team at a paltry $21. Yes. The yes. story offensively, yes. I will – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. I just wanted to say please. one thing about Tony please, Disco. Please, please. I, I do believe that he will be this year's real shit Dylan Bundy. I'm not going to put that out of question. I, I, I do think that's a very real possibility and a very – 
Just had to throw a, a that out bold there. but apt prediction. I'll say. Offensively, I'm going to give the story to uh, his pickups. They played to stay. We're looking at guys like Mullins and Taylor, who have, of course, been moved. Uh, Miley, who's been moved. But, I mean, he's still got Tucker Barnhart, Louisa Rice. uh, And these are guys that can keep the Papas competitive as they, you know, navigate through what we've said is going to be a pretty testy NL. Uh, And, obviously, a team that's as youth-oriented as Dan's would theoretically like to be near the bottom of the standings. I mean, Dan is a gamer. He wants to compete and compete with his young guys. But theoretically speaking, if he happened to finish lower, he wouldn't argue with it. Either way, I think these guys are going to keep him in the mix whether he likes it or not. So that will do it for matchup breakdown. And Tyler, we kind of made that nice and crispy, buddy. Uh, Clean couple 35 minutes. So let's move on to a game that we like to call start, sit, and cut. And uh, Tyler, I'll let you explain the premise of this game. Okay, so um, we took it from our uh, our junior high days where we played FMK, and I'm not going to tell you what each letter stands for, mm-hmm. but one of them is Mary, one of them is Kill, the other one starts with an F, so you mm-hmm. decide. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we're going to play the baseball variant. And it's called Start, Sit, or Cut. So, um, Drew and me are going to take turns. And I'm going to give Drew three players. And then Drew is going to give me three players. And we're going to have to decide based off of the real of real shit, not just like, you know, Major League Baseball, but in our league, who are you going to start? Who are you looking long-term? Who are you going to sit? Who are you going to keep around? You think, you know, maybe someone that can, can contribute someday. Who are you going to cut? It's going to mm-hmm. be tough. This is going to be some tough questions. So it's time to put your thinking I'm, cap on. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, let me tell you this now. So Tyler's is working with players. If I'm not mistaken, Tyler, you're doing players that are all rostered, right? Yes, I'm doing rostered so players. Mm-hmm. My variants of this, and we did we did three sets, by the way, from one another. My variants of this are only from free agency, and I don't have I don't have names attached to this. So you're getting three mystery players. You're looking at stat lines only, Tyler. Oh, okay. so we're gonna, we're going to maybe Ooh. uncover a little bit of gemage for the guys at home. Yeah, to see if there's anybody on the wire that you're thinking, wow, those those underlying numbers are pretty interesting. Maybe I need to make a claim. Mm-hmm. But yeah. because yeah. I'm a selfish asshole, as we've established with the last matchup breakdown. Give me my first start, sit, and cut. I'm ready to play the game. Okay, so for our first start, sit, and cut, I am looking at current top 10 Yahoo players. Oh, shit. Okay, I'm about to pull it up. Then pull it up. All right. Okay, so I'm going to give you three names. You ready? Then you have to take into account real shit contracts, you know, the works. Okay. You know how okay. to play. All right, I'm ready. So, okay. So, my three names are Byron Buxton, Shohei Otani Batter, and J.D. Martinez. Who are you going to start? Who are you going to sit? Who are you going to cut? Oh, this is tough. So, while you think about it, um, I believe J.D. Martinez is on a $16 two-year contract. Love that. Um, Shohei Otani Batter is on a one-year 
ten dollar contract. That's also very good. And Buxton, I'm not a hundred percent sure what his is. I would look, but my brain hurts look. from trying to put this all together. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'll tell you. Um, apologies for not. That's okay. We we're allowed a, a slip or two just because we're putting we're putting thinking. Okay, I'll walk you through as you're getting that. I'll walk you through kind of what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, I got it, you. You ready? Buxton is on a one year nineteen dollar okay. deal. That makes this a little more palatable because I might have buried the lead earlier, but I'm not a Buxton fan. I don't think. I'm going to say this and then he'll prove me wrong, but I don't think he can stay healthy for a full season. And that's something that, I mean, health is such a relative thing. Health is something that's so hard to predict. And he's absolutely stupid high right now. But I'm going to cut Buxton. I'm going to. Okay. In the context of this game, correct me if I'm wrong. Start is obviously the most attractive, the one that you're playing at all costs. Sit is the one you keep around. Yeah. This is tough because my brain is saying start JD because he's so hot right now. He is literally in fuego. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at the last... Two, I'm just going to cut myself off at two games, last two games. Ooh, might change your mind. And well, I don't know. So stupid right there, and Wow, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go with your gut, Drew. I'm going to say uh, Otani will be the bigger thing long term. So I'm going to start Otani. Martinez, that's actually okay. – yeah, okay, okay. Okay, because Otani is also younger. So, start Otani. I like that. He's also the cheapest. Start Otani, sit JD, cut Buxton. Holy shit. This better get easier from here, Tyler. That was cruel. (laughs) Oh, that was fun. That was fun. I do do agree with you, though. I like Otani. Um, I mean – he hit a ball 119 miles an hour yesterday. That's ridiculous. Um, he he is awesome. Um, at times, I wonder why they even want him to be on the mound because he has been so awesome in the batter's box. Um, but he can do it all. He hits for average right now. He's stealing bases. He's got two stolen bases. We know he's got speed. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Would you but, like to go ahead and give yours three, or should I give you one now? Okay. No, you give me one. All right. Player one. And uh, do you have a pen and paper handy, or uh, do you want me to just repeat? I I will type these. No, it's okay. I can repeat numbers to you. Okay. Okay. So, player one right now has five runs, a home run, seven RBIs, a 308 average, and an 833 OPS. And these are all guys on the wire, so they don't Correct. have a contract. Okay. Player two has three runs to his name, home run, two RBIs, a three thirty three average, 
and a 1.012 OPS. No stolen bases for either of these guys? Uh, I have not listed them intentionally. Okay. Player three has six runs to his name, two home runs to his name, eight RBIs to his name, a 241 average, and a 912 OPS. Based on this, which player would you start? Which would you sit? Which would you cut? Actually, because none of these are owned, why don't you just pick your favorite? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. What was the first one's stat sure. line one more time? Player one had five runs, a home run, seven RBIs, a 308 average, and an 833 OPS. And the third guy had how many Two home runs? runs? Two. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I am tempted to go. Now, this is probably going to go against what most people say, I think. But I'm going with number three as my favorite guy. Ooh, very interesting, Tyler. Very interesting. So it sounds to me like this guy has some power potential. Um. He hits for not all of his extra base hits are just home runs, it sounds Accurate. like. Um, and also, he scores runs while also driving in runs. So, it sounds to me like he probably bats in the middle of the order. And if he can continue to do all that and bat like 250, really good contributor. <clears throat> Would you like to hear some underlying stats before I reveal who these players are? Okay. The player who you chose is in the 28th percentile in average exit velocity. So you are correct in that his extra base hits are not all necessarily home runs. Just based on the average exit velocity, they're not going to fly as fast, and so not necessarily as far. That being said, he is in the 70th percentile for barrel percentage and in the 95th percentile for K rate. He hits the ball often, perhaps just to the gloves of the outfielders based on that average exit below. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, would it, it would also behoove you to know, Tyler, that the player you chose is currently Yahoo ranked number 101 because you chose as Drupal Cabrera, the veteran first, second, third eligible player for the Diamondbacks. Okay. All right. The players like who you passed on. Player one was Joey Wendell. Player two was Aledmus Diaz. Okay. All multiple eligible okay middle infield sorts. Uh, I think that, in my opinion, Cabrera's age and kind of boringness might askew guys. Like, that's such a such a thing. Like, ugh, he's so bleh. But bleh wins titles because bleh, as you just said, is a middle-of-the-order contributor. So, yep. there you go. Well, yep. p- Oh, that was I, I don't know. I love this game. <laughs> I love this game, and I love best of okay. the best. That's what I was telling Tyler earlier. We were talking about what extra segment we wanted to do, whether we wanted to do, you know, start set cut or best of the rest or kids on the farm or whatever. And I was like, "Fuck, I'm doing kind of a, a bastard Frankenstein." Anyway, let's get one more from you, one more from me. Then we need to cut to like a quick little inner style. We'll do the last two. 
Okay. So my next three yes. players are all rookie Ooh, eligible. I like this. Who all have hot, hot starts. Rookie eligible, all hot starts. Okay. Yep. Yep. Number one, Akil okay. Badu. Number two, Philip mm. Evans. Number three, German Mercedes. <laughs> good good luck, my friend. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Okay, let's look here. Um and I let's see, I know Badu is on a three dollar deal. Mercedes $3. is what two? Okay, and Philip Evans, I $1. believe, is one dollar. I don't own Philip Evans, so I'm going to cut him. <laughs> F no, that guy. Uh, Evans is, he looks dope, man. Six runs, three homers, five RBIs, 13 for 32 thus far, 1207 OPS <laughs> at a dollar. Like, this is exactly the sort of thing Freddie falls ass backwards into, and this guy turns into Jose Ramirez. Yeah, yep. Jose, Jose, Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. Yep. Few years. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't have him on my team, so I'm obviously not going to keep him. Let's cut this guy. Okay, I will I will sit Yermin Mercedes. He, um, mm. <laughs> I love that you called him the next Ted Williams. Uh, that 500, <laughs> yeah, that 500, 500. Is, is dumb. But, man, I uh, – Again, if you've listened to me long enough, you know that I don't talk about players of mine. But if you are in a league that I am not in, go get Akil Badu. <laughs> like, uh, Tyler, there are very few players that I have in 100% of my leagues. Akil Badu is one of them. Uh, this is a player that mm-hmm. from spring training I said to Kyle, I said, this guy is going to go – the fuck off, man. I, I invested I invested heavily, yep. and I just – I'm enjoying the ride. He is a bad, bad dude. So He is, and I just don't – I just don't understand why they're not playing him all the time. Uh, A.J. Hinch must be a stupid bastard. So. That or he's a cheater. No way. No way. No way. Bang, 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 bang it, bang it, bang it. <laughs> All right. Hell of a job there. That one was another uh, very difficult one, and I dislike you more. So shall we get to another one for you, man? Another set of free agents. Okay. okay. This set, Tyler, we're looking at relief pitchers, uh, uh, an undervalued commodity in our league who can represent uh, strikeout boosters, ratio stabilizers, uh, potentially some sneaky wins and saves. So let's have a look at some some relievers, shall we? Mm-hmm. Player one okay. is a 24-year-old who I would estimate, and this is just for my opinion, as being out of the saves mix at best fourth in line for saves. He is in the 77th percentile in whiff rate, the 86th percentile in chase rate, 72nd percentile in K rate, 86th percentile in walk rate. Okay. Player two 
is a 30-year-old who I would estimate as being third in line for saves. Maybe second. I'll say third to be safe. He is in the 78th percentile in whiff rate, 31st percentile in chase rate, 90th percentile in K rate, 43rd percentile in walk rate. Player three is a 29-year-old who I would say is third in line for saves pretty comfortably. 31st percentile whiff rate. So the lowest of the three. 64th percentile chase rate, which is below the first guy, above the second. 81st percentile strikeout rate, which is the second highest. And the 52nd percentile of walk rate, second highest. So Tyler, of these three, considering age, considering proximity to the closer role, considering these all-important percentiles for relievers, who do you like? Could you tell me like how good are their respective teams? Um, I can give you a division. Is that fair? Like, I can give you what division they play in. Is that fair? Okay. Okay. Player one plays in the AL Central. Is this this too vague? Should I just give you a team? No, no, no. I'm just just asking, like, how good are they? Wins or losses? Um, I, I very much like player one's team. I think that they are contender in the AL Central. Mm-hmm. Player two, I think their team is boring, but productive. Not the, not the but best, com- but yeah, competitive. competitive. Boringly competitive in the NL Central. Uh, player okay. three are surging shock contenders of the AL Central. Okay. I think that the most value would definitely be number two. Especially if it sounds like he's maybe one injury away from saves. And he strikes out the most guys. Do you have any idea who this is? Um, or maybe a team? Do you, do you have a speculation? Um. Thirty-year-old, thirty-year-old. Hmm. This Correct. is a free agent. Okay, it's not the Cardinals. It's not. It's not the Reds. It's not. Uh. It's not the Brewers. It is not. Would you believe, Tyler, that this player currently has a 675 ERA on the season? Mm. See, that's what I was afraid of. With caused, that walk rate. caused from one really bad outing. A third of an inning where he had an 81 ERA at the Brewers. Hmm. Hmm. 
Mm. We're talking about none other than Andrew Shafin for the Cubs. Shafin? Shafin? Okay. Shafin me? Okay. I still think I like him the most because of his strikeout potential and possibly getting saves. Um. And he misses. It just sounds like he misses. Thus far, in his uh, um, in his four innings, he has eight Ks. So you tell me. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other two are tougher. Uh, mm, I think I would probably number three. Sounds like he's just kind of middle of the road okay. for everything. And I like a guy who has potential to be, like, okay. to move up, to be better. And it sounds like number one could do that. Okay. Number one is Cody Howard of the White Sox. Uh, okay. I've been a big fan of his since I kind of caught wind of his, of his kind of deal. I love the fact that he induces a lot of chasing on his pitches, the whiff rate is pretty strong, uh, doesn't walk a ton of guys. And again, 24 years old, very, very young. Like yeah. him. The third player is Kyle Zimmer for the Royals. So, oh, okay. yeah, I, I would agree with your assessment of him. He's kind of middle of the road, fine. Uh, that 31% whiff rate I thought might throw you, but I did really like the fact that his other three percentiles was uh, – competitive in the, yeah. the, the crux of this, and especially in the crux of these this uh, this game. So, Tyler, what we're going to do real quick, like, buddy, is uh, we are running to the end of this recording period. Uh, let me pop in a brief little uh, interlude. I'm going to play an instrument real quick for you, and then we're going to come back with your final three. We're going to get my final three, and we'll wrap this bitch up. What you say? All right, we'll catch Sounds you in maybe bro. like seven seconds. Another week, another smooth marimba track from yours truly and uh, Tyler. Let's jump right into it, man. Your final set for me to start, sit, and cut. I'm on the edge of my seat. Let's hear it. All right. I just want to say, you thought the first two were tough. (sighs) I hope you're ready, homie. I guess I am. So, this is real shit. And we all know that what really rules real shit is what's on the pitcher's mound. That would be the pitchers. <laughs> yes. And not the rubber, not the rosin bag, not the dirt, <laughs> but the pitchers themselves. Those guys are who truly rule real shit. Okay. And so I am going to throw out three pretty big names okay who are all on pretty good contracts okay and we all know that there's a pitching tax real shit so i want you to keep that in mind here we go all right number one shane bieber 16 dollar contract number two tyler glass now $25 contract. 
And number three, Corbin Burns. $16 contract. Good luck. Okay. A lot of factors could go into play here. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, first thing I'm going to take into account is I'm going to just do a quick Google search of these players and catch some quick facts. Beebs is 25. That's unreal. Uh, yeah, it's pretty stupid. Corbin Burns, 26. And Tyler Glass Forever is 27. Glasnow is also the most expensive. So I'm going to cut Glasnow. Uh, he is the highest Yahoo ranked of these. He, uh, if I'm not mistaken, leads the league in. No, Bieber leads the league in strikeouts. <laughs> okay. So that makes it even easier. Okay. I'm leaning towards start, Beebs, keep, burns, cut, Glasnow. And I always say that because Burns is – how many leagues are you doing this year, Tyler? Um, three. How many – do you have any Burns shares? I do not. I don't either. And I think that that kind of plays into what I'm getting at. He uh, – his, his stock has risen so tremendously after such a dynamite uh, year last year and kind of proving – to have the the sauce that we assumed he would have as a prospect. You know, he came up as a reliever, and uh, I guess his role was kind of in question, but no longer. Um, Anyhow, he's part of a two-headed dragon in Milwaukee that's just really, really dominant and young. Mm -hmm. That being said, there's something – you've heard the phrase, it's hard not to be romantic about baseball. And – there's something just beautifully romantic about the unheralded prospect in the Cleveland pitching machine who, I mean, from, I mean, it was on prospect list, but was not the star no. from the depths of relative prospect obscurity to being in the conversation with guys like Jacob deGrom and Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander and, Max Scherzer is who's the best guy going today and he's the youngest and he's tied for the cheapest and if I'm not mistaken he's the only player in real shit history to win back-to-back real shit Cy Youngs uh yeah it's gotta be Beaver um and if you like the way you pitch that much you can go and love yourself Beaver (laughs) I uh He's dynamite. He's dynamite, dude. I I would hate to be the stupid son of a bitch that traded him to Alex. Uh, yeah, me too. Yep. So anyway, let's move on. <laughs> uh, the joke is that I moved a one dollar Shane Beaver to Alex. That's what. That's, no, that's the joke. Anyway, let's move on. Oh, that was a really tough one because, like you said, there's a very real pitching tax. So, anyhow, let's move on. Tyler, your third set of mystery free agents. Ooh. Are you ready? I am. All right, pal. Here we go. Player one has two different positional eligibilities. 
He is 29 years old. He has no home runs. He has five RBIs. He is in the 96th percentile in K-rate. He is in the 98th percentile of whiff rate. But he is in the third percentile for average exit velocity. Ooh. Player two. He has four eligibilities. He is 32 years old. Has no home runs. Has two RBIs. He is in the sixth percentile of K-rate. He is in the 87th percentile of whiff rate. He is in the 36th percentile of average exit velocity. And player three has one eligibility. Is a 27-year-old. Has two home runs. Seven RBIs. Is in the 67th percentile of strikeout rate the 62nd percentile of whiff rate, and the 56th percentile of average exit velocity. Okay, could you say those one more time for that guy? Uh, Sure, yes. Player three uh, has one eligibility. He is 27 years old, two home runs, seven RBIs, 67th percentile K rate, 62nd percentile whiff rate, 56th percentile average exit velocity. Hmm. So the, the thought of this one is it's a mix of different things that people could deem as being helpful to a fantasy player. Mm. And I want to see what you deem as being important here. What is too much of a bad, like what's too much of a bad thing as compared to other things that could be considered good? Like what is the logic here that you use in choosing which one to go for? So one guy had a whiff and K rate that are really, really good, but his exit velocity is really low. Uh, Tremendous, terrible low. <laughs> in the third but, percentile. But then the other guy had a K and a whiff rate that were really low. And then what was his other stat? Uh, which player are you referring to? Player two? Uh, I believe so. Player two, his uh, K rate is in the sixth percentile, so he strikes out a ton. Mm-hmm. Whiff rate, 87th percentile, so he is pretty good about not just oh. completely whiffing on pitching. And okay. then uh, his exit velocity is in the 36th percentile. So, again, not good, mm-hmm. but miles above the three percentile for the first guy. Uh, and then, of course, the third player, you got his his percentiles and his uh, eligibilities and things as well. This one is tough. Um, I am... I'm leaning towards the guy who doesn't strike out at all because in my mind that means that he either walks or he puts the ball in play. And when you put the ball in play, you already have an 
so much higher percentage chance of being on base, period, than if you struck out. Okay. So that means you have more opportunities to score runs. Your OPS would go up. Your batting average would potentially go up if it wasn't like an error or something or a walk. (laughs) Your power sucks, but it sounds to me like this kind of player probably is quick, but I mean, I could be wrong. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning away from the guy who strikes out all the time. Um, so he, uh, I'm going to sit that guy or cut that guy. I'm sorry. Cut that guy. So you're cutting number two. Yeah. The high K guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I think that the middle of the road guy is the one I'm going to start because it sounds to me like you have a better chance of at least some power, some extra bases, maybe some home runs. A guy with a 3% percentile average exit velocity, I don't know if they'll ever hit a home run in their life, which I don't know. So I think I'm going to go with start the third guy and sit the first guy. Interesting. Okay. I'm interested to see who these people are. (laughs) Okay. Uh, well, it's interesting because the order in which you chose them is their Yahoo rank. They fall in that order. Uh, let's just cut this. So I think it's interesting to me that based upon the statistics I gave you, which included, as you'll recall, eligibility number and age, you cut the guy who had the most eligibility but was the oldest player. Mm-hmm. The, the rationale you gave, though, was based on the fact that he just strikes out too much. And so that's interesting to me. The player you cut is Marlon Gonzalez of the Red Sox. Yeah, that doesn't hurt my heart at all. Okay. The player that you decided to sit, the home runless player, <laughs> is number 345 on Yahoo, Adam Frazier of the Pirates. Okay, okay. And the player that you decided to start is a player who I conveniently left this out splits time because mm. you started Jordan Luplo of the Indians. Okay. So again, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Uh, he comes up with hits, uh, has power, speed is not... Uh, zero per se but his biggest bugaboo is the one that I didn't mention the fact that the other two have almost double the plate appearances that he has in the young season yeah so again I I was kind of being a devious boy there and not telling you (laughs) a very important thing which is what do you do whenever the most talented players are only playing half the time Right. Do you trust yourself to to make that everyday lineup change? Do you trust yourself to to follow the lineups as they're listed and track in and out guys or follow the pitching matchups or that's something we all have to face. And so that's maybe why Jordan Lupo is still on the uh the waiver wire after being ranked one eighty four. I think that 
after you told me who they are, I think I like the order I picked um, because the Indians have a well-documented um, struggle to find outfielders. Yes. And so, like, I think right now they're starting, like, Eddie Rosario, uh, Josh Naylor, mm-hmm. and, and Ahmed Rosario. Uh, let, me, let me confirm that. You go ahead and make your point, though. I, I didn't mean to. Well, my point is that I think that if Luplo could continue hitting when he does get chances, then he would find himself in more getting, getting more and more chances. Yeah. So I think that I like the way I pick. I've never been a Marwin Gonzalez fan. Um, Adam Frazier is a pretty decent on-base guy. Yeah. Um, and I think he's got a little bit of speed, so he might could help you there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a, a little zero chance he could be a steal. Right, right. Um, but I think Luplo does have some promise, and so yeah, I think I I like that. That was that was tough though. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, this is this is what I live for is providing the tough matchups, and you are correct on the uh, the outfield mix. Uh, Eddie Rosario is pretty well as she went. Looks like mm-hmm. they're pretty much set on Rosario in center and then switching Naylor and Lupolo. Um, oh, okay. Naylor being the lefty, Lupolo being the righty. Uh, that's kind of curious. I'm just looking over some other things real quick on those guys. Naylor has three options. Lupolo has one. Luplo has played about a year more. I think you're right. I mean, there could, you know, we'll see what happens. Naylor has had some trouble thus far this season. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Over the last week, Luplo has made a case that he needs to be playing pretty rag. Yeah. So, so, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, Tyler, the three players you ended up picking. So whenever you guys see tomorrow morning, uh, after you've uh, or when you're listening to the podcast, when you go look at the free agent line and you see that Tyler has picked up as Drupal Cabrera, Andrew Shafine, and Jordan Luplo, you'll know where it came from. It came from here, baby. It came from right here. And when you see that he has left, Oledmus Diaz, Kyle Zimmer, and Marvin Gonzalez on the free agent wire, well, you have a decision to make your own self. But it will not come at the expense of a game. Because that's one of the benefits of listening to this show is you get to play along with these games and you get to have fun with me and Tyler. So, Tyler, tell these fine folks where they can find you in between the fun that we have every episode of the Real Shit Podcast. I am on Twitter at PeppaJackson19. And I am also on Instagram now. You can check Peppa Jack's cards. I just kind of got to get that going because I've only posted like one picture. So, that's okay. You're a big card fan, and that's an account worth following if you're into the sports cards or into the uh, – you're doing Pokemon and some other cards, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I do uh, I do some Pokemon. I'm usually um, – it's really like my old stuff that I'm kind of into right now. Yeah, man. Um, and, then, and then baseball and other sports sometimes if I can ever find any. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Sports cards right now is a uh, that's a thing, isn't it? Yup, it's a thing. Awesome. Uh, if you are so inclined, you can find me on Twitter at Drew is okay. If you want to see very very sparing posts on Instagram, you can find me there at Remember This Drew. And uh, of course, you can find me on this podcast. Uh, no news thus far about other places you can find Drew. It's been a very slow process, but uh, hopefully you will eventually be able to see Drew in other places or read Drew, perhaps hear Drew in other places. But again, nothing new as of yet. Yee. Anyway, Tyler, it's been, uh, uh, it's been real. It's been fun. Some would say, including myself, that it's been real fun. It has. It has. Real fun on the Real Shit Podcast. Uh, Tyler, thank you for your time, and thank you for listening at home uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, here on the Anchor app, wherever you're listening. Drop us a good review, a five-star review. Uh, Let us know that you're listening. Uh, If you have the Anchor app, you can leave us a voice memo and let us know what the dealio is, just give us something to listen to. Ask a question if you got it. Let us know you love us, because we love you, and we're glad to be doing this for you. I love it, man. Likewise, likewise. Well, uh, it has been a great time, and it is time for bed. It's one forty-five a.m. Central, so I'm about to kick it to the bed. I got to work tomorrow, so Tyler, throw us out of here. We'll get we'll get going, man. Good luck to all the real shit people, and to all a good night. <laughs> good night. Mm-hmm.